engineering tyler just showed up for a second <laughs> eating on stream carter it seems a little sorry loud. i was just consuming a delicious peanut butter and jelly sandwich here it's a little bit less refined than smoking a pipe and reading some fine uh what's a famous author i don't know <laughs> blanking on every author ever. <laughs> or, <laughs> or solving a 12-sided 12-sided rubik's cube not as cool as the top side. And you solved it. That was really fast. Well, you're not seeing some of the sides. Uh, they're missing a few pieces, but you could have just talk about you look at it from this angle. It looks okay. Well, that's yeah. Just show it that way, and then it looks like you you did it. Um, Tyler apologizing for popping in. <laughs> uh, anyways, welcome to Hundred X Engineering, the uh, live stream slash YouTube show. I don't know what to call it. Uh, somebody called it a podcast. It is not that. Um where you learn how to be not a 1x, 10x, 11x, but a 100x engineer. Uh, let's see. Things on the docket for today. Some of our witty banter to go over. I went to Disneyland with my two-year-old. People said I was crazy for doing that, but uh, it was a blast. Um, turns out, like, being able to do the teacups with, like, the strength of a full-grown man, a weak full-grown man. I'm not that strong. I'm also going to be eating my sandwich on the street, by the way. Multi-dust. Um, <laughs> uh, you can go so fast they do not like cap how fast yeah. you go so the harder you push like the faster you go and you can you can get going fast my daughter was like spinning around in the bottom of the thing just like all over love loving it but like you okay down there she's like yeah like, right, here we go let's do some more so that's fun thought about buying a lightsaber to compete with you but those are like expensive and i'm already broke they are a little pricey disney brand yeah. a little pricey but they're nice you just pay for the experience don't you get to like make them at the shop there you customize like a whole yeah. of, uh, ritual it feels like a like an initiation ceremony into like a fraternity or something like that you based get on your what kyber crystal hey don't disrespect the lore you get your kyber crystal or whatever alpha and you... kappa kyber <laughs> <laughs> okay we're gonna stop there disrespecting my culture <laughs> not disrespecting i am respecting i'm adding to it uh fair enough anyways you want to introduce our guest <laughs> the nice smooth transition there yeah, uh, our guest is someone I have not. Say no to that. Also, you don't have to. Oh, okay. Here he is. Matthew Go ahead. Comes in here. Guys. I just got done my intro. Biking. Oh, Matthew, welcome. This is such a surprise. <laughs> yeah, I was going to get to his intro. He loves biking. <laughs> yes, walkable neighborhoods. We didn't even get there. We just skipped right to it. <laughs> Matthew, yeah. surprised to have you on the stream. Welcome. Um, yeah. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself, a little about your background, and uh, kind of, uh, I was going to say, tell us what you're doing here today, but I guess you could ask us that question. <laughs> yeah, so um, my name is Matthew Zimber. Um, I'm a software engineer here at uh, Jupiter One. Um, I work on kind of integrations. Um, I grew up in middle of nowhere, South Georgia, um, before I moved to Virginia uh, for college, and yeah, like like you said, I love biking, I love chess, and uh, walkable neighborhoods. Those are all that Georgian. Do you also like from Georgia? I am not from. Actually, I do hail from 
Georgia. I have roots in Georgia. I've never lived there though, but my mom is from Georgia. So look at us, peaches in a pod. Uh, <laughs> Matthew, are you a fan of the original Star Wars trilogy? I don't know what EU stands for, so Maxwell, please forgive me. Uh, extended universe, epic universe. What are, any any ideas? Clarification. Extended universe. Extended universe. Yeah, to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like I like Star Wars a lot. Um, I watched it a lot as like a as a kid. Although I've never seen the, I guess I've never seen like the original original ones. Like I've seen like the remake of the original ones. I think. Mm. Um, I know some people like get very upset about like someone shooting first, but I haven't seen that one. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I'm, re- I'm a little I'm a little upset um, that you haven't. <laughs> <that's okay. laughs> I just remember seeing like the Tauntaun in the original original ones and like the Tauntaun in the remastered original ones. I'm like, mm-hmm. This is better. <laughs> Don't ask Solid me. Solid improvement. Extended universe. Thank you. Thank you, Maxwell. Um, also, shout out from Chum here. Chum said we can use the J1 VK reimbursement for that lightsaber. I wish that we could have done that, but flights are so expensive right now and lodging is so expensive that it ate all of the vacation reimbursement. But small plug for Jupiter One, Hunter uh, X Engineering, sponsored by Jupiter One, but also not affiliated with Jupiter One, sort of. Uh, yeah, they give us a cool bonus uh, to take paid time off to every employee. So yeah, they covered airfare and lodging for us, which is pretty nice. Um, so you can just buy lightsabers with that sum of money. If it's on vacation, then yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, Interesting. So in your background, Matthew, you mentioned that you'd. Uh, so when we were kind of prepping for this. Uh, <laughs> I was, for context, I was messaging Matthew whilst uh, doing the teacups, so spinning with one hand, and then what do you want to talk about with the other hand? Uh, (laughs) Mention that you, so first off, you come from a commerce background, finance degree? Yeah, so I I actually actually graduated um, from the University of Virginia with a degree in commerce, which is, you know, Virginia's fancy word for business. but about halfway through, I actually gained like a pretty big interest in um, programming and especially kind of like programming um, in like a startup and like kind of business focused context. Um, I read a lot of like Paul Graham um, stuff and that got me really interested in it. And I thought, man, that's that would be a really cool thing. So I kind of picked it up on the side as I was finishing up my uh, commerce degree. and. You know, it's nice. I feel like they they do intersect a lot. Um, it gets you thinking in another perspective. Yeah, I completely agree. Very cool. Saying that as somebody who doesn't have a commerce degree. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Um, you also mentioned that you uh, worked as a government contractor prior to working in J1 and that you uh, you worked with COBOL, right? Yeah, um, it, was, um, it was pretty disgusting. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I learned it. I didn't really, I can't say I, I learned it, but I had to read it a lot um, to kind of like try to recreate whatever mysterious things are happening um, with the COBOL code and in, into something else. So you're like two layers away from punch cards at that point, right? Like, yeah. It's really low. <laughs> the, so uh, many old engineers right now, just angry. <laughs> <laughs> Why back in my day, COBOL was the sexiest piece of <laughs> You listen to your kids COBOL, and your high-level programming. COBOL were ahead of their time. Yes, I know. The web didn't exist when COBOL was around. Don't at me again. So. Um, 
that's really interesting. I could literally, we could do a whole other section on talking about COBOL and uh, legacy languages. What would you call that? I, don't, I, don't, I was going to say obsolete, but that's also not right because the government uses COBOL for everything. So it must still be. Yeah, government, banks, good. insurance firms. Yeah. Not that important. Space. Yeah, it must be the best language. But it, keeps, it keeps things going, I guess. So at yeah, least it works. Satellite, so. Um, we just had a had a comment from Austin. Chances that Zimber brings COBOL to J1. We are looking to increase our you know, number of languages we support here. Yeah, integrations uh, in COBOL soon. You think we could write some integrations in COBOL? Mm -hmm. COBOL API. That'd be a good April Fool's joke if you're looking for one. <laughs> Uh, actually, yeah. maybe for an April Fool's joke, I'll make like a PHP integration. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, before we get into, so the discussion topic for today, we wanted to talk with Matthew Andrew, and myself. We want to discuss kind of the process of learning, uh, and growing kind of leveling up in the tech industry. Um, before we get to that, I want to introduce our game, which is a fan favorite, our 2.4 million followers by popular demand. Have requested we bring back greenchess.net. Doesn't even have a .io. Oh, Matt, I made you big on accident. Let's make there we go. Um, actually, no, we're gonna do let's play around. So, nope, that's not a winner either. Okay, we're gonna go back to this one. Um, so welcome to Green Chess. You might have seen this before when we played, I think it was it was like third dimension. I don't know, it was warp, time warp chess. This one's uh, I'm gonna call it donut chess. Uh, as you can see, we're on a circle. I don't completely know what these dashed lines here are, but uh, maybe you can move through them. Maybe you can't. Oh, we're about to find out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Matthew, while I demystify the title of this episode, feel free to take your first move, uh, and we will see how this goes. Also, integration or uh, anybody in the, the comment section, feel free, feel free to call out moves that you want me to make. I'm red, um, but feel free to weigh in. Uh, if that means you're going to torpedo me, it gives me an excuse for losing, so I'm all for that. Um, That's how you won last time. You crowdsourced your moves. I, I did crowdsource my moves. So <laughs> shout out to like Tyler and Chum. I'm pretty sure for that. Uh, <laughs> crowdsourced chess. It was enough to beat you and uh, who were we playing with? I can't remember. Oh, I see how it works. So we're facing that direction, and that the, you can't go across the line. Okay. You cannot go across um, the line. I'm guessing not because it looks like it splits your pieces down the middle. So Matthew has played yeah. chess before. I mean, I've played chess before, but he's like played it well before. So I am going to just copy whatever Matthew does. I've never so played the donut. To your own advantage. donut version. <laughs> Levels the playing field a small amount. Um, <laughs> concede. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, actually, Drew, do you want to take a whack at demystifying the uh, the content for the the title of this episode? Yeah, I can try. I didn't make this title, so I don't want anyone associating me with it. No, it's not bad. It's so. Let's see, if we follow through read, and we have the double ampersand operator, so clearly that means and. Then we have shadow or do. Assign that to our engineering level, increment it by one. So what does this mean? Reading and shadowing or doing levels up your engineering. Wait, does the Something episode like only have one equal sign, or does it have three, two equal signs? Well, you're assigning. Well, so you're assigning the work to the engineering level. I don't think this makes sense, Carter. No, 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 no. The, 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 so look at the one on the stream on your stream. This is the original one. We might have had to shorten it, but it was supposed to be triple equal sign. I don't remember. It is triple <laughs> equals. 
Oh, okay, so you're comparing. A, okay, so but you're, you're, it's a you're right, you're right. It's a comparison operator, and so what do you you're comparing your engineering level incremented by one? This makes no sense either way. <laughs> it does. Anyway, it does. It's the show's about learning. We're gonna learn about how we learn. I made this after baking in this the California sun, and Lionel was like, "This is clever," and then I was like, "Sorry, Tyler, if this is not SEOable, but it works." Yeah, yeah. So you you learn. You read, you consume yeah. content, you shadow or do, you repeat. And that is the equivalent of you where you're at plus one level. So that's, yeah, that's, that's the same, yeah. Yeah, it, it works. Anyways, um, so what are so, so I, there's a whole whole slew of things I want to go over in this, but uh, let, let's start with like a general, like broad question. Like how do you decide what to learn? Like this is an answer that can be the same or different depending on where you're at in your career. Matthew, like, how do you decide what you want to learn next? What's on your list? What do you want to you want to learn more about? Or how do you decide what you want to learn about? Yeah. Um, I mean, it comes in in a lot of different ways, I guess. Um, I mean, one way is obviously kind of by, like, you know, seeing what's going on in, like, various, I guess, programmer communities. Um, like, maybe seeing something like Hacker News, like, someone puts up, here's this cool, like, new tool I made, and, like, kind of investigating that. Um, but it also can kind of come in through, you know, you doing exploring um, or thinking about, you know, what is something that I personally like, what am I passionate about? Like what kind of things would I find useful? I thought I found a lot of times like thinking about projects that I personally would like could use um, to, you know, track whatever, do do X, Y, Z um, and like just working backwards from that. And I've started applying like, oh. Well, I need like maybe a web framework or I need, um, you know, some like server. How am I going to get to do all those things? I like that. That's a, uh, mm -hmm. there's a lot there. Drew, what are your, sort of your thoughts or what do you, what do you prefer to do? I agree. I, I like the point about it's things that you're like interested in as far as you can use them or something mildly relevant to maybe your work or projects you have of interest on the side. I have a, I added, I moved this up in the show notes. I wanted to talk about things we've got like slated because for me, I always carry this like backlog of new tools or tech that I've heard of through like a podcast or coworkers or something. And I'm like, that sounds really cool. I want to dig into it. And normally the, the way I dig into something is I build a project with it, like some kind of sample app, starter project. Seems it's like the best way I learn. I know some people like to watch videos or go through tutorials, but I, I like to build something. Um, I think Carter, you're similar. Um, Matthew, it sounds like you might be as well. So yeah, I've got like this running list. And then once the list gets big enough to where I can maybe make like a full stack app with it, I do that, <laughs> which is kind of kind of silly. Most of the time the app doesn't do anything useful, but I learn the stuff. I think that's super cool though. Cause like taking that approach, like I think that's like, I, I, I don't think you need to necessarily wait till like a full stack app for like generally speaking. But I think for like your case, like what you're saying, like I've done a very similar thing where like, yeah, that enables you to learn things that like how to just like generally solve problems using the web platform, whether it's back end, front end, DevOps or anything you can do it all, which is super valuable. But also there's something to be said for specialization. Right. I, uh, how do I decide what to learn? Um, pretending like one of you asked me that question, I'm asking myself that question. Uh, I'm in a weird spot right now where like, I'm on like the leadership and management side of things, but I don't want my tech skills to be like dull. like. Maybe Jupiter will be my last job. Like, I hope we have a massive exit. Like, it is. But, like, eventually, like, I'll probably have an interview for another job. Um, 
And like, I don't know if I'll interview for like an engineering position or a management position, but like, I'm trying to stay on top of tech, like doing things. But for me, like right now where I'm not actively in the code, I'm actively like trying to look at high level problems that we're solving. Um, whether it's like, how do we share components across different web frameworks or like web repos, uh, or how can we speed up our build times, uh, things like that. And those are kind of influencing some of like the technology I'm drilling into, but I have to make like very deliberate time to like read up on it. And then like even more time to like actually like go and do it in my free time, which, uh, is hard to come by sometimes. Um, right. Well, that's interesting. So it's mostly Jupiter one driving your, your learning these days. You feel like uh, it's my inspiration. I would say not driving okay. it. Trying to rewind though, back to like a couple of years ago, like it was definitely uh, when I was like more in like the earlier phase of my career, like looking for the job that I want to have, not the job I have right now, which spoilers, cheaper ones, the job I want to have. Um, really like it here. They pay me to say that, but I actually like it. Uh, sponsored by Jupiter One. Sponsored by Jupiter One, but not affiliated with Jupiter <laughs> One. Uh, Battery included. So that's a dumb joke. But I think I would also like keep an eye on like job markets and like, uh, like, new companies that I'd want to go and work at and see like the tech they're using to like look at the job description and be like, Oh, I'm not familiar with like Elixir. Like maybe I should start learning some Elixir and like try that out or like, Oh, they're doing Svelte. So like I took a whack at learning Svelte. I'm like, I don't know if I really want to see what Svelte looks like, like five years from now, if like it actually is like game traction or not, but mm-hmm. you know, right. I love to learn Dino, but I don't know if it's actually going to be useful. So I think it's been more like a pragmatic thing of like, will this help me get like a better job or is it, you know, is it going to be just for fun? And there's so many people in the chat betting on Matthew to kick our butts in chess. I know. Let's look at it. Thank you. So, Joke's on them. I'm on their side, too. I think he's going to destroy us. Yeah. We got Cody saying, I'm betting on Matthew. <laughs> my bet is on Zimber. Oh, it's waiting on me. Zimber is my yeah, personal inspiration. Yeah, that's true. It is my turn. Okay. Um, you bring up a good point, though, because a lot of the stuff I'll poke at, I don't really poke too hard or get too invested in because, you know, our field moves so quick. There's always something new and shiny that's like, ah, this is the next best thing. And then five years down the road, you never hear of it. Or maybe you do. So it's nice right. to just put your foot put your foot in the water a little and be ready to go that direction if it starts to gain traction, but also don't get too attached. That's how I feel about those things. Drew, I just realized that we're both ganging up on Matt. Uh, you weren't supposed to call that out, but yeah, <laughs> we haven't moved towards each other at all. This whole quadrant has not been, or whole quadrant, trident has not been moved in at all. It's looking sus, man. It's fine. It's fine. Um, what are some of the things you guys are looking at learning? Like, I, let, let's talk about some of the tech right now. I can go first on this one. TRPC. Yeah, I, I saw a controversial tweet the other day, and I was like, "So, what are you guys doing now that GraphQL is obsolete?" I was like, "Okay, like." You got me. Hold on there. I'm like, good marketing right there. Reddit army glasses, like button up my shirt. Like, okay, let's get to work here. Like, spoilers. I'm a GraphQL advocate. I like GraphQL a lot. Um, I said that about REST like five years ago, and REST was great. Now GraphQL is great. I was like, what are they using if not GraphQL or REST right now? So TRPC is a thing that I saw. It's essentially. It was a. I mean, RPC is a remote procedure call, right? But as I was digging into it, it's supposed to, it's kind of doing what GraphQL does where you like define a schema, it outputs like some code that you can use on the client to query it. But the big thing is it's supposed to be supposedly like type safe at runtime, which like, right. I 
yeah, it's mind boggling. So that's on my list of like next to learn, like, or it's at a least like API protocol, right? Yeah I, yeah. I threw it on my list when you, when you shared that post as well. So you actually just stole one of my things, but nice. was specifically, I wanted to see how it integrated with Next.js because they have like apparently pretty good support for just easily integrating with Next. Um, so I'll let you continue if you have other items though, before I cut you off. That's like the big one at the front of mind for me right now, actually. Um, trying to think of other things, but like a couple of years ago, it was like Terraform, and then I want to like get better at using like Terraform modules and doing that. Or uh, AWS, like historically, has like been a lot, but I've kind of cooled off on that. So yeah, TRPC is like an interesting one, or like a high level one. Keep in mind. Cool. Matthew, what about hey, you? Matthew. Hey, yeah. that's what I said. I'm so um, the things the things I've been looking at learning for kind of a long time. I, I've done I've done a little bit with um, the first one. And the first one is like, I've been very interested in kind of getting more knowledgeable about like functional programming um, and specifically like uh, dependent types. Um, I actually took like this kind of very cool class in college about like proving software. Um, so like proving that, you know, a program does what that you think it's gonna do. Um, and like, it's one of those things that I feel like is never or very, very far away from actually being useful. Um, it's just, it just takes too long. And like the, you have to know a lot of like math behind it. And I'm not like, I'm not that great at math anyway, but I think what it has done is um, kind of exposed me to like, you know, a different set of ideas or a different kind of like, I don't know, paradigm. Um, and maybe I'm more interested in like the way that's like going to shape kind of like my other thoughts down the line about um, other programming languages more so than it is like it's going to be some kind of immediate benefit to me. Um, and other than that, I've also been looking a lot at like um, eBPF, which is like a, it's like a virtual machine, I guess, that runs inside like the Linux kernel um, and can do some pretty magical things, although it's still a little bit beyond me. That's super. I haven't, I haven't heard of that last one. What was it? Uh, uh, eBPF. It's like um, exacted filter. Um, it's it's very it's like very useful, I guess, for like tracing um, like network requests and like doing a lot of like measurement about things that are like actually happening in the kernel. Um, it's supposed to be like you can put anything in there and it's going to be safe. It's not going to like affect your kernels like security. Um, so it seems like it could be a very, very cool, like useful, like networking security type tool. Um, if I can just learn some more about it. Yeah. Drew, I want to get to what you want to learn about in a second, but I want to dig into this a little bit. I want to double click on this a bit. So what led you to want to learn more about that? Is it like passion? Do you step playing into like your day job? Is it, why do you want to learn more about that one? Yeah, I mean, I think um, it kind of just comes from like general like exploring. Um, I I think a lot, like I've I think I've spent like a lot of time like digging in a little bit on um, a lot of topics. I mean, maybe I just get kind of bored with stuff after a while. Um, but I think a lot of what it does is you know if you have like if you touch a lot of things. Um, here and there, it kind of maybe, it gives you a more like end-to-end -end kind of experience of like what you're, you know, what you're um, looking at. Like 
I've done, I've tried to tried to do some like Linux, like kernel programming. And I've tried at the same time also done like really high level, like, um, like data visualization stuff in, in Python. Um, and I think just being able to like experiment around with a bunch of different little things here and there ends up, you know, benefiting me even today where I mostly just do, write like TypeScript code um, to, you know, fetch from APIs. I have a better idea of like what might be happening under the hood or if I wanted to like kind of go up the ladder um, and be like more abstract that I would have a good idea about what that might be as well. Cool. You're saying end to end though, it's like, in my head, like end to end's like front end, maybe some DevOps infrastructure to like back it. But this is like end to end, like expanded view of like, like kernel level is like, <laughs> like yeah. it's pretty low level one more, sure. it's like under the end. Yeah. It's um, I mean, I, it's not like a, it's not like I could call myself an expert or anything, but just like touching it, super useful. Touch, touching it, and right, and like just knowing it that it exists, um, you know, you might see some problem down the line. You're like, oh, I I recognize the same thing, and you know, you start to maybe have a good idea of like, I wonder if this is like something I'm doing wrong, or like, it might, it, it probably is something I'm doing wrong, but like, I it's wrong because of this reason. That's like very old paradigm, like programming paradigms of like that level though. Like I'm sure just like getting exposed to like that level of programming is like very uh, different than like reviewing like mm -hmm. tic-tac-toe react that, that I just made. <laughs> like, that was really fun to say. I might do that again. <laughs> I don't know how I did that with my head. I've never done that before. So, um, that's super cool, dude. I, I have a couple of, a couple more questions on that. Drew, what are you, what are you interested in learning about right now? What's on your docket aside now, from team? Now my doesn't sound nearly as cool. I want to uh, everything you I say is around with, Matt, Matt. Yeah, you know, it's going to be basic modern age programming with a million abstractions in between. I'm not working that low level, uh, especially because <laughs> it was going to be Next.js. I haven't played around with their latest version. I think there's like some middleware edge computing support caked into it. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Vercel and their whole platform, but it's kind of like this all-in-one React framework it's like they host everything for you and, and do everything. And it's got kind of a, a faux backend built into it. It's a pretty cool framework. Um, kind of not good if you want to deviate from their patterns, but it's really easy to bootstrap something. Um, and yeah, I was going to poke around with that and the TRPC integration. So that's uh, this no longer sounds as cool as uh, messing around with kernel protocols or whatever <laughs> this is. I'm on their page looking at their little B logo. Yeah. Matthew, didn't you also make a BitTorrent client? Like, yeah, I, I made a a very very basic one. Um, I it, so like it was actually kind of like my first like bigger programming um, like project, I guess, because it, it was a little bit community inspired. I was just like reading something, and someone someone else had made one, and then someone commented like, "Oh, this is a great test to see if you're like really ready to do this." or really ready to like, I don't know, like be like a full-time programmer or whatever. Um, so I was like, all right. If I cannot make a bit toward class. I, I, I missed that test. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have imposter syndrome. Thank you. Yeah, it, it, I, I think they might've been exaggerating a little because it was much, much harder than anticipated. And I mean, if you can do it, that. It didn't work. Okay, it didn't work. Already it, for whatever it, is. it took like, there was several, there was like several, several iterations of me like going into it and like trying to build it. And then eventually like, I'm like, 
I can't do anything else. Like I couldn't add anything. I just deleted the whole project and I started again. Oh, and I did that and I deleted it and I started again. I rewrote it like four or five times before it finally became like something that um something that was like approaching working and like was able to kind of at least be like maintainable in, in a certain way. Um but I mean it was just like it wasn't all at once. It was over, you know, several several years of like I'll have like a little week here or there where I like get really interested in it again and then it breaks and I'm like, I'm done with you. I'll come back in a year. <laughs> yeah. Been there. Absolutely. I uh that's super interesting. I have other follow-up questions about just making a bit torrent client. Can it subscribe to my favorite TV shows that I already own? Um I uh Drew, is it time for a meme? Yeah, it's probably appropriate. I'm trying to remember what we uh I don't actually know what's on the meme, so here we go. <laughs> Uh, that, that, that is a very relevant meme. <laughs> There's no in between. Okay, but that yeah, that dog has like a killer desk setup, like uh, pretty pretty. Yeah, tiny, from like though. 1999. Like that's a little dated. Look at that webcam. It's a little dated, but like they've got the photograph. It looks like a lovely place to work. I'm I'm here for it. That's really funny. Two states of every programmer. Um. I'm a, I'm a fan of that. I, uh, I could see it like small on the screen. I was like, I don't know what it is, but let's, let's check it. Let's learn together. Um, speaking of learning together, learning together. So there's, there's kind of a few different approaches to like learning a new topic. Right. Um, there's a whole other like thread we could go down of like, how does like learning change over your career? Like drew, like, do you learn a subject now differently than you did five years ago? So that's something we could explore. Um, is. Or like Matthew, like when you're learning, like do you prefer to like, it sounds like you prefer to do, but like is there like a preliminary step where you watch tutorials on something and like read like the docs? Um, I was kind of like, if you look at the title of the episode, first step is like read or like gather info in my mm -hmm. opinion. Like you, you gain exposure to what it is. Um, and then the next step is there's like, you can do either or you can take a whack at implementing it based off of like the docs you get or so that's like the do operator or on the other side of the or operator you would have the shadow where it's you follow along with like a tutorial on like youtube or like a medium article that you have to disable your ad blocker for or something like that um is that fair to say so it's like gather info and then you can either shadow or do um i prefer i've done both i'm trying to figure out what has led to me doing more of like the shadowing first as opposed to the doing and I'm realizing, I think it's, there's like how comfortable you are with like the foundational technology underneath it. Um, I don't know. What are some of you guys' thoughts on like what differentiates between like how you learn different things or why you maybe do that? I think that's also anybody right, in the comments, yeah. feel free to drop in how you prefer to learn or if you have any thoughts on these as well, or tell me what I should we do need, in my mood on chess. We need like a, no, don't do that. We need like a question of the show where we like ask the audience for an answer, but yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think, I think you're right. I think it depends on how much I'm familiar with the subject. Like if I was going in and trying to write a BitTorrent client or messing with eBPF, I would not just jump straight into the implementation. I would have to watch videos. I would have to catch up on the underlying fundamentals, whatever I'm working on. First, if I'm building a web app, I'm going to just start building the web app with whatever tools you know are new to me and then probably some tools that are familiar because I understand the underlying tools and tech. Um, yeah, I think I don't think it's much more complicated than that. Maybe is that how you guys feel? Yeah, I think 
the real benefit of um, shadowing is like, you can kind of think about all the things. I mean, there's like, there's that old like uh, framework, I guess, like, like you have like your known knowns, like the things you know, you have like your unknown knowns, like the things you know, you don't know. And then you have like unknown unknowns. Um, and like, you can get like those first two categories kind of from, you know, reading um, to a certain extent um, and doing. Um, but I think if you're gonna like go deeper, a lot of times it's very, very helpful to have someone you can, who can like mentor you or shadow you, um, who can expose you to those like unknown unknowns, those like little tricks here or there that like right. detail that you just, you know, you just never come across it if, you know, it's not kind of relayed to you through a person. I think that's a really good point. Cause yeah, you, it's your, it's, there's a lot of faith in like good documentation or good resources for like when you're learning a new subject of like helping you discover or like the discoverability of like certain ways or paradigms of doing things. Um, but if you're watching someone else doing that, whether it's pairing uh, or mentoring or watching a YouTube video, being mentored, I guess, not mentoring. Um, yeah, then you're a lot, you have a lot higher likelihood of like somebody being able to tell you kind of some of the niche things that they've learned. Um, have you guys ever worked on like trying to learn a topic or like a framework or, or paradigm or something that had like, I, I feel like if you, if you want to learn like, how do I make an express server? Like you're going to pop up with like a billion results on YouTube. Like you have no shortage of resources for that. Have you ever worked with a technology that like it's newer or it's more niche and you have to kind of figure it out uh, on your own? Like, do you kind of know what I'm getting at? Or have you ever worked with one of those? Is EBVF one of those or EBBF? Yeah, I think, I think they have a, a pretty good, I guess, coverage, but I guess when you start getting into more like, especially like kind of more newer or like cutting edge tools, I guess, like one time I tried to make a website um, using like the different like cloud stuff on like the Cloudflare, yeah, Cloudflare platform. Um, they have like a key value store and like they have um, some like function, like basically like a Lambda function. Um, and I remember it was like, at times like the documentation would just end and like you're just basically kind of on your own um and i remember i found that like really challenging and it took way too long to go through like basically just end up stepping through code and then i eventually found out like i'm not even going to be able to go any deeper in the code i just have to start guessing at what it's going to do yeah that's uh i i did a elixir at a few or a couple jobs back um, and Elixir was like an emerging tech then. And then I was like, this weird coming from like doing Angular and like Spring Boot, where it's like, yeah, docs and tutorials are a dime a dozen. But like, it was like Elixir is like still really new and like docs were, were good. But like, you couldn't just like Google and be like, Kent C. Dodds, tell me how to do this. Or, you know, let me show me how to do this. Uh, granted, Elixir has progressed a lot in the past like six years. Um, there's another one. I made a music library for like a freelance project like five years ago. Uh, and the guy wanted to have waveforms on his page for like each of the tracks he uploaded, which was like super cool. Had to like dig into the source on GitHub for like how this library works though, because like there's a bunch of libraries out there that do it, but the way he wanted it done, like I had to like copy it and then like look at a bunch of different libraries and like figure out how to do that. And it was, it's painful, but also like it's a very different style of learning that I think takes like some of that more foundational knowledge so you know what things to be looking for.
Um, we have a comment. We have a couple of things here in the chat, actually. Actually, I'm going to call this one out first. Uh, Charles Wines called out Spelt. I have loosely been exposed to, I feel like Spelt has like a decent amount of like entry level stuff, but if you want to get like one step further, like how do I make an enterprise grade like application in Spelt, there's like nothing out there. Right. Um, it's getting there. It's getting better. Yeah. I haven't been, I haven't been involved with that. I made a cookie app that tracks crumble cookies like four, two, three years ago in Spelt. <laughs> that was my, my project there. Nice. Um, we'll see. Drew, do you want to read this question and respond? for me yeah you want to play your chess move been yeah. taking forever actually says aside from googling all the things you want to learn do you ever actually talk to people to get opinions on how to execute like aside from shadowing it's a good question no we don't talk to people we're programmers we're yeah. engineers that's not fun talking to people is uncomfortable no of course we talk to people here at jupiter one we're very i don't know pair focused we like to mob and huddle on things i was going to mention that i think one of the biggest I don't know, learning pieces I've gotten from the team here at Jupiter One is, is whenever we're just huddling, you'll just get little tidbits from people. Um, I don't know what the way they do things or little things they know that it's kind of fills in the gaps that we're talking about where like docs would fall short or a guide would fall short and just someone who you know and are familiar with can explain something like that to you much better. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes that's not true, but I think most of the time it's true. You know, it takes a it takes a good understanding of the subject to teach it. Um, so that's not always easy for somebody. My brother, my brother is going through. He's shifting from mechanical engineering into software engineering, and he's doing. Uh, he's prepping to get to test into a boot camp um, right now. And he was just talking to me like right before the stream about like he's like so like they have this question on there about like if a callback and a promise resolve at the same time which one gets resolved first or which one gets executed first. And then he started telling me about like the micro stack and the call stack and like how like callbacks go on the call stack, but promises go on. I was like, what? <laughs> Interview like, questions from hell. Like it's <laughs> never going to be useful cow. in your day to day. I felt really dumb. I was like, I feel like I should be able to answer this because I've been doing JavaScript forever now, but like I have no idea. Um, but yeah, he's talking circles around me. Um, yeah, I, uh, single spa is a technology that we use here for uh, micro front ends. Um, Google it. And yes, I didn't name it. It's redundant. Single, single page application. I know. Uh, but the documentation for that, when I was like initially spinning it up like three years ago, is pretty sparse. Joel, if you're watching this, I'm sorry. But uh, mm -hmm. it is. So I, uh, but I reached out on, they had a Slack group. And I was like fairly active on that Slack group, fairly obnoxious on that Slack group is actually the subtext of what I'm saying. Of like, can you help me? This doesn't make sense. Like this is not in there. And they, people were super helpful, jumped on like Zoom calls with me like, for my day job. And they're like, I feel like I should be paying you guys. I'm like, no, it's fine. Just, you know, start the GitHub repo. Uh, so yeah, I think getting like talking to people definitely makes sense. Good question, Ashley. Um, we've got, shoot, man, we're already coming up on time. And it's already my turn. And did I, I've been holding this up. Okay, I'm gonna just vindictive move towards Drew there. Um, drawing blood. Okay, well, be like that. <laughs> I should have uh, done that actually. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't have. There were better moves. Gonna come through my throat now. <laughs> yeah, you open a can of worms. Uh, it's kind of in our in our last uh, little segment here. Um, 
managing learning and like keeping track of like all the things you have to learn or where you're at with your learning or your growth. Matthew, do you have any like techniques or things that you do to kind of keep track of what you want to learn or how you've been doing on stuff? Yeah, I, um, I've tried a lot of things, but these days I keep it very simple and I have a to-do list, um, that I'll look at maybe, you know, once a week and kind of go through, I don't put a lot of things on it, but I'll decide, all right, do I still want to do this? Do I not want to do it? And kind of pull from there. Um, and then, you know, obviously leave some space for like some ad hoc things, but then to like kind of, I guess, cement or, um, try to like measure my learning. A lot of what I, a lot of times what I'd like to do is like, once I think I've kind of at least got like a initial understanding is to start like writing out, um, you know, what are my like thoughts on it? Um, I find that like that makes it a lot more permanent and like it kind of, the process of writing it out also shows me like, oh, I actually have a gap here. Like I thought I understood it, but like, I definitely don't like, we gotta like go look and look at that again. Um, I think writing ends up being a really useful tool for, um, you know, measuring and keeping track of your learning. Um, and it's always, you know, useful to be able to go back to it after you've like maybe not looked at something for a very long time. I love that you, uh, I, I like the writing part of that, especially like you mentioned, uh, when we were, we were messaging about this episode, uh, links me to your website and uh, you have a whole section on kind of like excerpts from like essentially like a, kind of like a learning journal, or like a programming journal, right? Of, uh, mm -hmm. Which I think is super cool. Weirdly enough, I kept a journal every single day of high school. Like what 17 year old boy do you know that like keeps a journal? Like dear diary, today I climbed a building or did something weird. But um, anyways, I uh, that's something I've grown to like firmly believe in. It was like recording things, whether it's recording it like data or like if you're going to the gym, keeping track of your gains, I have to say something inclusive for Drew. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Much you're welcome. Uh, but like that is super, uh, yeah, that, that is like motivating and it's also really good for like reflecting and it's also good for like identifying trends. I've, I think I was talking to you earlier, like I've been doing Strava with like mountain biking, not sponsored by Strava, not affiliated with Strava. Uh, <laughs> But I'll make like a little journal note in the private section of like, I got a little sketched out on this part here or like I fell off right here and need to work on this or I was shifting my feet on pedals too much. And that's been super helpful. I don't ever actually go back and read them, but like the process of like thinking critically to like, if I was going to journal, like what were the noteworthy things about this, like locks it in my brain in a way that like, I don't normally get if I, unless I do write. Um, so I think that's super cool. Let's see. Oh, do we got a shout out for cyber therapy? Daniel, Daniel M talked about recording his thoughts on a blog, like a journal on cyber therapy, episode 17, small shout out to cyber therapy, episode 17, not affiliated with Jupiter one, not sponsored by Jupiter one. Um, I use a Trello board to keep track of my to do's essentially. So I, I jive with you very hard on all of those things too. Drew, what do you end up using? I don't remember. I feel like we've talked about this. It's mostly ditto. I, I use notion um, and I have big to do lists in my notion. Yeah. Cool. I don't, I don't, I don't record after the fact though. So that's very intriguing. I might have to start doing that when I pick something yeah. to do a little bit. I, I haven't recorded with like learning as much as like other things in my life, but the recording I think is like yeah. actually like if you have like a dedicated learning session and like part of that session is like, what am I going to learn today? And then like you have like five minutes at the end of like, what did I learn today? Or how do I feel about like the time that I use? Like, I think that could be like a very powerful ritual. Feels like yeah. time boxing. We can get into a whole discussion on this. Yeah. There's oh, yeah, a lot yeah, yeah. to talk about uh, with learning. I try to, I've tried to like not mandate that, but encourage it. 
Trello is legit. Thank you, Cody Anderson. I use Trello for everything. I have a Trello board dedicated to my Minecraft server of things I have left to do on that. So when I sit down on Minecraft, I'm like, Jeez. use it in my personal what life. Nerd. The TV shows I want to watch in Trello. <laughs> Uh, a happy and organized nerd. So, uh, yeah, are you one of those people that rates your TV shows after you watch them in like a list? No, I know people I that like they have their list of what they want to watch and then they give it stars on how they felt <laughs> about it for whatever reason. Just for I them, do that with all my like, burgers, but I don't do that with TV shows. But well, that's even weirder. <laughs> MightyMorsel.com, dude. MightyMorsel.hestotv.com. Check it out. It's my blog. Oh my god. Um, Outlaw Burger was the most recent one that I did. It's a terrible burger with even worse friends. Um, anyways, so we're, I think we're at time now, Matthew, I've thoroughly enjoyed this in closing what, you know, if you had to pick like one or two things that you would recommend to like people who are looking to grow as an engineer, what would you say is like an effective method of doing that? Or what are some of your closing remarks on that? Yeah, I would say, um, read a lot, like read documentation, read other people's code. Um, and you know, just be like, it helps a lot if you're like consistent with it. Even if it's just like, you know, maybe five, 10 minutes a day, if you just look at, start like, mark down how much you had at the, like how much you knew at the beginning of the month, how you felt about it, and then do it in 10 minutes, you know, every day for a month. And at the end of it, you'll be like so amazed at like how far you can go by just putting in like a little bit of time every single day. Cool. I love that. I realized what I was actually saying is like, Matthew, say something profound in the last minute of the <laughs> and you did it. You delivered. Yeah. Wise words. Thank you very much, Matt. Let's Matthew, let's give a round of applause to our guest. <laughs> Applaud yourself. You deserve it. Applaud yourself. There we go. There I right, appreciate it, man. We'll have you on, have you on in the future. Talk to you soon. All right. Uh, there we go. Oh, I should have. Oh, oh the good. It's the tribu. No, no, not gonna do that. Um Actually, you know what? Let's pull that back up. We got to evaluate who won. You have to note that we didn't lose to Matthew because we didn't give him enough time. So I kind of feel happens. like the win state for Matthew, now that he's not here to defend himself, was <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't lose to Carter and Drew. And Matthew successfully survived and like flourished, I would say, after being kind of attacked by you and I, which we didn't plan. I think we just got humiliated from a caution. And we knew better to trust than to trust somebody who's like, ah, oh, you know, I'm not that good. I've played a lot, but I'm not that good. You don't, you don't trust someone who says that. Oh, um, also check good. this out. That's true. You can actually move across the board, so uh, that's a, that's a thing. You can move back across the line, so I could send all my forces back. Um, no, Cody, I have never met you. If I have met you, please forgive me, but I like you. Yes, we do need a video just for the chess game. Um. 100x engineering, 100x gaming episode. We'll do that. We uh, need a chess timer too because it was we were I taking know. too long on the moves. I know it's hard. I just get so engrossed in talking, talking essentially. Yeah, not even saying words that are profound. Just saying words. Oh, we can't have this. That's unacceptable. There we go. Um, that, I enjoyed that. I thought that was a really good topic. Uh, having somebody come from like a finance background and like step into engineering, like what did they learn? Like I think. Those are like very technical topics, like very, uh, I don't know, very interesting stuff. Um, for sure, for sure. When's our next episode? Pop quiz. July 12th. I should do it. July 12th is our next episode. Why am I always <laughs> so surprised that you can read? July 12th, be there or be square uh, two weeks from today. Uh, I don't think we have any other announcements. So, uh, Jerry, do you have anything else you want to announce? 
are we good to do our outro thing that's not going to clip us early this time <laughs> no i think we're good that was fun lots to that talk was about fun. cool well thank you everyone for joining us and we will see you in two weeks and cue the outro music now Thank you.